Last time on Talking Movies. What was that movie where, like, Bill Murray's sick or something and there's people inside of him? What was that? Are you thinking about <laughs> inner space? I usually am, but not right now. We know what movie it was. Yes, yes, we do. What is it, Tim? Osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones. Never seen it. It's that weird. It's like anim. It's like half animation, half real world. I'm actually on page right now. Wait, Bill Murray's not in this. <laughs> yeah, he is. I looked it up. Is he uncredited? Isn't he the lead? Okay, he's listed way down at the bottom. Anyway, yeah, okay, Osmosis Jones. Sorry. It's Osmosis Jones. Yay, Os- okay. Yeah. We solved the we solved the the uh the case. Yep. <laughs> what a payoff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Cutthroat Island, Tim. Let's talk about that. of talking movies i'm max i'm tim and uh our month of box office bombs rolls on a real <laughs> swashbuckler for you this week <laughs> yeah you know we could I, after watching the movie of the week um cutthroat island the first thought that came to my mind was you know we, we could have chosen any theme <laughs> you know there, there are literally millions of movies that we could have chosen to watch we decided to watch Cutthroat Island. <laughs> yep. And uh, we have to live with that. There's no giving it back. We will never have those two hours and four minutes back. I'd like to start by saying um, I take back every bad or negative thing I've ever said about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> because after watching Cutthroat Island, like that's a terrible movie. You know, I still have never seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and um, this makes me not want to watch any pirate movie ever <laughs> again, so I might never see them. I, I think that was the, the general consensus uh, among like movie makers, was that after this failed, it was kind of like, okay, nobody touch pirates. Pirates were sort of just like off limits, I think. How how do you do a film like this and make it work? Because moments in it reminded me of like bits of The Princess Bride, which yep, works totally, totally. Because that's like a swashbuckling adventure romance mm-hmm. film where everyone involved knows this is ridiculous, and like in moments 
of Cutthroat Island, you sort of get the idea, like, they're well aware that this is ridiculous. But instead instead of enjoying it, they almost seem, like, to just, oh, this is ridiculous, so let's not try. Yeah, it really, like, every every actor that's in it feels, you you feel like they're just sad to be there. And, like, it also makes me, like, for years, I've always wanted to see, like, the other big, like, pirate-related flop, which was Roman Polanski's Pirates from the 80s. Hmm. And, you know, thinking, like, you know, you you always want to find that movie that everybody else hates, and you find out, no, they're wrong. Yeah, like, oh, this actually is, like, kind of a good... And that's what I was but hoping to find with Cutthroat Island. That I it's thought like it the would sort at least like, be fun and... Like, yeah, totally. Like, uh, at least as, you know akin to something like pirates of the caribbean like the first one which you know pirates of the caribbean like i have never really been like i've never really enjoyed those movies that much the first one i think is is an enjoyable movie Mm. it's perfectly good it's just it's you know it's fun and um it's got a it's got a working story (laughs) and it has like enjoyable characters and you can get into it the sequels are pretty bad but compared to cutthroat (laughs) island i mean they're i'd i'd (laughs) rather watch the pirates trilogy you know four times over than watch cutthroat island aren't there four of them now and there's like a fifth one coming out i've only seen the first three okay i haven't seen the fourth one i don't um that's like a new thing you can just say whenever you're talking about a movie you don't like. It's just <laughs> like just relate it to Cutthroat Island. Like every like every time you're watching a movie that you don't quite enjoy, like well, it could be Cutthroat Island. <laughs> just be glad like, it's not Cutthroat Island, <laughs> right? You know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, okay. I was not expecting it to be as as horrible as it was. And I don't. I th- I haven't seen every film that Gina Davis has done, mm-hmm. but I've seen uh, what, what have I seen? I've seen The Fly, and you know, I've seen Beetlejuice. And I expect a certain level. Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> have not seen that one. Ah, uh, um, that's an that's an interesting movie. I, I've been interested in seeing it. I just never got around to it. Um, and I know that, like, in her personal life, she's apparently, like, a, a brilliant woman with a really high IQ and a professional archer or something like that. And like, just, Really? Just, You'd think they'd want to show off her arching skills in this movie. Uh, it did seem like she was performing several of her own stunts at various yeah, points. Yeah, there was one in particular that kind of blew my mind. Which one? Where she runs, there. Um, she's in the carriage with Matthew Modine, and she runs up she like jumps off of the the carriage onto a roof and runs right. through the a few rooms and then jumps out of a window back into the carriage yeah and you know there's a lot of shots in there but right. the last shot of her jumping out of the window and landing into the carriage it was slow motion and she jumps out she crashes through the glass you know falls lands in the carriage and as it the the carriage gets closer to the camera like her hair kind of like blows back and you can see that it's that is her and i was like was that really her there's no way they would have let her do that because it was such a huge stunt really very dangerous yeah 
I don't know. Well, I don't know and if, it, if, if it was her or what, how they did that, but it was. Can you imagine getting hurt or even killed because <laughs> of Cutthroat Island? Oh man! That, that she was married to the director. Yes, that yeah. And it's like clearly it must have been love because why else would she have? Well, uh, according to the Wikipedia page, okay. um, Rennie Harlan, the director, uh, was married to Gina Davis. And so he was wanting it to be like, you know, a big sort of vehicle for her mm. to sort of propel her into like potential sort of action adventure kind of roles. Um, the new Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Weaver. Um, and so she was signed on. And then as the production started to go um, before they started shooting, like she wanted to drop out but couldn't because she had already signed on and was contractually obligated to do it. Um, So at some point in there, she wanted to, she wanted to leave the production. It's awkward. Yeah. Very awkward. And when it's your husband and like, you know, yeah, very weird. And they did another movie together after this, the longest good night, which I haven't seen. Um, But I, have you seen that one? Like, no. I really don't know anything about that. It's, I think it's got like Samuel L. Jackson in it. Like, But apparently it wasn't... I mean, her experience in Cutthroat Island must not have been so horrible. Or I mean, she's no longer with Rennie Harlan. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure at what point they uh, split up or if Cutthroat Island did have anything to do with it. But I think that's a movie worth divorcing over. Yeah, I mean... Oh, man. I can't imagine getting on the other side of it and... Wanting to have anything to remind you of that experience, and there. All right, Frank Langella mm-hmm. is the villain, who's the, probably like, as far as the cast goes, like the one kind of redeeming character in the movie, in a way. But Even still. though, like, he's pretty flat <laughs> and like not very interesting, and for play- he has played some like major. Vil- he's played Dracula, Skeletor, and Nixon, mm-hmm. and you expect oh he's gonna be all like, it, 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 and he did a lot of growling and yeah. random like shouts and stuff. Some of the some of the times that he was like, some of his I don't know he kind of reminded me of Lee Van Cleef, a little bit. Okay, um, from Good and Bad and the Ugly, kind of like vibe. Um, just in the way that like, you know, cause he's just like all sweaty and like, I don't know the way that he was shot sometimes and his facial expressions reminded me of that kind of a character. He was really betrayed by his script. Like it just, yes, there, there was not a lot. I for love him. this. <laughs> I love this. As there's a big battle going on between two ships. That battle. What? Okay. <laughs> that writer guy. First of all, first of all, we don't know. I, I maybe it slipped it in somewhere. I didn't notice, but like it never. I don't think it ever said like he is a writer. And at one point, right, they're walking into town. He's like, "All right, well, if I like they, you know, they have to sneak in and act all like uh, high class. Yeah, and he's like, if I were going with you, I could help you pull this off, but I can't because I have to meet with my bookseller. And then he just takes off, and he's like, good luck. And we're like, what is that even about? And then, like, you know, once, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, after there's a big action scene and everything, like, then it cuts to him over, like, at a bookseller, and you find out he's an author, and he was, like, 
it's like his publisher that's what that was right but like it seems like i gotta go buy some books like that's what yeah to my bookseller <laughs> and then, and that character the in next general, chapter in the detective series <laughs> is out today and that character in general like you had remarked like is he an alien like he just doesn't <laughs> just the way that he was acting was just so unbelievably strange like but i mean there's like almost every single performance in the movie is bizarre in some yeah. way what was his did he die i missed I him don't know. Di- I he just disappeared yeah i think he just i A think the movie forgets about him yeah there there's not really like a lot of resolution happening and one thing um despite being set in jamaica there was one black character and um at one point uh, you see a black person like die but like in long shot yeah so it looked like him him. yeah and then later it's like no because through the entire movie he was the only black character we've ever seen and then there's just this shot of one and he's got the bandana around his head and yeah everything. he looks he's dressed exactly like him. i don't think he even shows like his it's not in close-up or anything so you just yeah it, it it's like i don't know there's just so many little things like that that just feel so sloppy about the movie but clearly there's there's they spent a lot of money on it because everything's huge you know yeah the the musical score is huge it's as big as a musical score could possibly be for a movie you know <laughs> it's like they're clearly trying to go for that like um eric Korngold type thing that uh, warner brothers in the 30s like mm-hmm. captain blood and the adventures of robin hood yeah totally and then like and the sets are huge you know we have this like and the and the action set pieces are huge we have these two gigantic ships you know they mm. blow one up completely to smithereens at the end they have this, you know, the big carriage chase through these streets that are, like, c- completely filled and packed with, like, period actors and stuff. Like, it just feels, like, very big. It, But nothing about it is entertaining <laughs> at all. <laughs> it reminds me of Robert Altman's Popeye. Um, hmm. In that it was a very big musical. A lot of stuff is going on. A lot of odd acting choices being made by the various people in it and that and um but it's like there's nothing happening like something is happening and everything but nothing you really care about and um and also like i towards the end of cutthroat island when they're on the island and they're in like the caves and everything i'm like this actually kind of looks like the caves from popeye and then um in the end credits i'm seeing like oh it was filmed in malta which is where they shot popeye which also lost a ton of money. Yeah, didn't didn't they build an entire town for Popeye, Sweet Haven? Yeah. The the fictional town of Sweet Haven. Yeah, and everybody who worked on the movie pretty much just like lived there while they were doing it, and they were all like coked out of their minds and everything, and they lost a <laughs> ton like, of money. We're making Popeye. Yeah, like what? <laughs> like what are we doing? Explain. Is this real that. life or are we in a cartoon? <laughs> like what happened? And I'm wondering like it's almost like well they were all coked up that's the excuse for popeye what was going on at cutthroat island (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean but at least popeye is like entertaining on some level yeah there are like when i was a little kid i just loved it i didn't even like judge or anything like then when i returned to as a teen returned to it as a teenager i (laughs) noticed some major flaws it's 
not a great film, but it's not cutthroat. It's not cutthroat. <laughs> and that was one of the things that, like, you know, it's one thing to look at a movie like Cutthroat Island now, you know, being our, in our, you know, we're adults. Yeah. <laughs> I guess technically I'm an adult, but I don't, but anyway, um, it's another thing to look at a movie like that when you're a kid and you're much more forgiving when you're a kid. And, but the thing I kept asking myself was like, if, if I watched this movie when I was a kid, would I like it? Would I enjoy it? Or would I just fall asleep? I, yeah. I, that's Especially a, when you compare... A question to answer. Like, and I think about, like, Princess Bride. I watched that movie all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, as did I. Um, the Goonies. Right. You know, also, the, you know, Hunting for Treasure kind of thing. Um, Indiana Jones movies I loved. You know, those kinds of action-adventure movies. You know, I mean, what kid doesn't like that stuff? The Cutthroat Island just uh... <laughs> What can you even say about this movie? What can you say about Cutthroat Island? <laughs> when you brought up the Goonies that reminds me like when they first find the treasure, it reminded me so much of when they're under the wishing well in the Goonies. Yeah, totally. And I almost expected them to be like, No, we can't take this. It's people's wishes. <laughs> This is our time. It's our time down here. It's, it also, uh, I mean, you haven't seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. No, I haven't seen but it. But that yet. that little set that they had, that little sort of lagoon. Yeah. The the belly of gold at the end of the throat, you know, right. as they say. In the, um, it looked almost exactly like a set that features at the end of the first Pirates movie with the sort of like treasure chest in the middle on this tiny little island in the middle of a tiny lagoon in a cave um yeah it looked almost exactly like that um and there just plot wise there are certain similarities that are kind of interesting where in the first pirates movie you have um our protagonists who are facing off against a rival sort of pirate um bar uh barbosa i think his name is in uh in pirates of the caribbean which would be like our dog character in uh, in uh, Cutthroat Island, and then they're also facing facing off against the uh, the British Imperial Navy, um, and they and there's sort of a uh, is it Guy Pierce? Maybe maybe Guy Pierce. There's a there's a character there's a villain on in the Navy in uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh. It's kind of akin to. Uh, the military to the military guy in, yeah. in in this um you know and they kind of go back and forth each each of the three are kind of like circling around each other and like you know trying to get the the better hand on each other and stuff which is kind of similar to what's going on in cutthroat island but again like i mean i've talked you know bad to, to pirates of the caribbean but I don't think I ever will again because, <laughs> you know, when I saw Pirates of the Caribbean in the theater, like that is a perfectly watchable movie and I can totally understand why people like it, you know, um, you have like characters that you can actually be invested in yeah. and like want to watch on the screen and not just be completely bored by, um, 
you know, the story might not be as, you know, the story is like, whatever, it's the MacGuffin, the treasure, whatever it is, you know, they're just to set them out to go. But I mean, the, the, the big reason why Pirates of the Caribbean was successful, I mean, anyone will tell you that it was Johnny Depp Hmm. and his character, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow. And that really is like what, I mean, I can imagine the people making Cutthroat Island thought that maybe like they'd make this big movie and it would be like appeal all the kids and like oh just imagine you know we can like have action figures of all the characters and like we can have the sequel where they're in madagascar and like you know (laughs) all this stuff and we'll you know it'll be uh we could have we can even have like a cartoon show on tv maybe you know cutthroat island cartoon show there was a video game for super nintendo that was released cutthroat island you ever play it no i i read about it um i never (laughs) i didn't know that it existed but I read it on the Wikipedia page before we watched the movie. But, you know, it seemed like it was the kind of thing that it was trying to to build that kind of, uh, you know, look at all these fun characters. But none of the characters are fun. Yeah, characters are important. Like, when you think of... What was the goal of the characters, like the the alleged protagonists of the story? Like, Gina Davis and Matthew Modine, the characters they played... Um, what did they want to do? They just wanted to steal money from people. Like they, all right, it was her grandfather's treasure they were looking for, which I'm assuming he had plundered from mm-hmm. others. In the from, first it place. was Spanish treasure. Yeah. Okay. So, and it was it was odd that it was like three brother, like her father and his two brothers yeah. were the ones who like had the different, but but they didn't want to work together. And yeah, and they didn't want to work together and split it three ways. And then in the that would have been they, too easy. In the end, you know, Gina Davis, Captain Morgan. Yes. Right? Um, <laughs> uh, like, she gets it, and she splits it, like, however many ways. But even then, they're like, oh, we have this money, and we don't have to be pirates anymore. But we're going to go be pirates anyway. Yeah, like, Because we really like... like they have a, a ship that's, like... Killing and hurting literally full of, of Literally full of... Uh, of treasure and they're like let's go to the madagascar shipping lanes the, big, the best place in the world for pirating and it's like and they just leave straight to madagascar it's like why even it's like have how the, the treasure it's like, like the, that line in chinatown it's like like what more could you buy that you don't already own like or whatever i don't even know the line it's a great line i i worded it wrong but you know like at a certain point like why do you need more money yeah exactly it's not like that just comes down to greed at that point yeah and it's <laughs> they're gonna go kill people but for them Tim it was the pirate in life yar they scoff at farming that was ridiculous <laughs> yeah. farming <sighs> yeah um right before no that. it is weird it's just kind of like you know oh for the for the love of the sea for the pirating life but they don't say that it's just like you just sort of have to assume it I guess one thing I like there's probably if I really think about it there's probably several things I liked Maybe I don't know, but one thing was that they let the main character be sexual, because usually, like in the traditional pirate film or action film in general, that character would have been a male, mm-hmm. and he would have been in some of those same situations, and we really would have thought nothing of it. But usually, when the main character is a female. They're not just like, oh, yeah, we just hooked up. 
like in the, in the opening scene it's like right. yeah we just had sex and i knew that you were against me but i wanted to and have like sex. she was using the sex yeah, just as a way to get to this other dopey guy yeah. instead of like yeah the other way around which you know and she's allowed to like that that last line of the movie yeah the very last translation line of, the movie. of it whatever whatever the exact words are the translation are like let's go have sex like, yeah let's, let's go let's go fuck right yeah now. <laughs> which is similar to the last line in the adventures of robin hood from 1938 um which i don't remember yeah but, it's, but it's funny how her, char- like her character the... is introduced and exited with her like just have just having sex and then just about to have sex yeah um but well, yeah, I mean, you bring out like that. This fact is like one thing that you that you liked about it, and I would have to agree. Like her portrayal as like, because she's a woman and she's like, you know, this this captain, and she's doing all this badass kind of fighting stuff. But they don't really like make a point of it. They don't like repeatedly tell you over and over again, like, oh, she's a woman, or like make any sort of woman jokes or kind of like, you know, they don't play it for like laughs. Like, can you right. believe a woman's doing this? Like. What will she do next? <laughs> because in the 17th century, nobody would have noticed that a woman had power that was so common. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not exactly, like, historically accurate, necessarily. Not that that's something that I was expecting or looking no, for no. at all. But, I mean, I'm just glad and, that, like, yeah. you know, the movie wasn't, like, made sort of women woman jokes, like, at her yeah. ex- expense, you know? And have like that the main sort of aspect of her character because it wasn't like it it wasn't just the novelty of like oh we've got a woman pirate captain you know it, it you don't even really think about it it's that's actually um, one thing that I actually admired about um, this other film that's just called Pirates not the Polanski one but one <laughs> from like maybe ten years ago I'm not sure when it was um. Where, like, all the female characters in it are very sexual, but several of them are also, like, in, like, places of power. And it's taking place, like, back in, like, you know, 17th century. I'm not sure the exact time. But it's it's also, though, because it's uh, hardcore porn, there is, like... Oh, the porn everybody pirates. Sex- yeah. Right, I guess. <laughs> and it still has, like, that, like, character in it. You're talking... <laughs> It's, You're talking about this movie as like, you know, one thing I really admire about this movie is the portrayal of the female characters. I mean, it, it I should say it's a porno. It but, is uh, porn, <laughs> but they're strong female characters. And if, you know, someday I have a daughter and she ends up watching a porn, that would be one that I'd be like, okay. So you're going <laughs> to, you know, when she's like, you know, 12, 13 years old, you're like, all right, now, like, let's just be realistic. You know, you're of an age now when, like, everyone gets interested in, like, wanting to watch some porn. <laughs> and I understand, you know, you got your computer here. Instead of going to all these sites where you don't know what you're going to see and, like, they treat women, like, sometimes in very questionable ways, here's this. Go watch Pirates and, uh, you know, hopefully you can uh, get feel some empower- empowerment by uh, watching this. What's the hand movement you're making? Am I patting her on the head? Is yeah, you're, you is? know, you're like, okay. uh, you know, <laughs> setting her down and... I'm setting down a 12-year-old girl <laughs> well, to show her my pirate porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, having I, the awkward dad talk. I'd like to point out that the only reason that I own that film is because a girl I used to date... Uh, Was in it? W- no, oh. uh, actually. Um, she really wanted to own it. And it took me a while to find the hardcore version 
there's like a neuter like softcore version available at various like FYEs and stuff like that. But I had to actually go online to, to their website to get the big like three disc edition with the hardcore scenes and everything. And then by the time that it finally came in the mail, we were broken up. <laughs> the third disc, by the way, is um, the movie on HD DVD, which is the only HD DVD wow. I own. <laughs> Good investment there. It's interesting though about having like a three disc edition of like a porn film is the behind the scenes featurettes. Yeah. Like some of it is sort of like not intended to be, but like I found myself feeling kind of bad for some of them. Like so, I mean they they there's big names in it in the adult like film name, world. Okay, okay. It's like, not like, you know, we've got Scarlett Johansson and Ryan Reynolds and Pirates. No, but like Evan Stone and Jesse Jane and uh, and uh, Devin and uh, Tegan Presley. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just wow, you're, uh, you're pretty <laughs> well-versed in the, uh, but, um, the porn world. No, and like some of them are like decent actors. And I... I don't know. It's just well, you figure a lot of the the actors and actresses who get into porn do that first as like a way to get into other kinds of mm-hmm. acting roles. How many of that? How how many times does that really pan out? You know, how many porn actors make the transition to uh, you know very few, and when they do, it's like stunt ca- like uh, the James Dean in the Canyons. Um, that just came out this past year. Um, <laughs> not that, you know, the James Dean from the 50s. Right, like, no, the, porn, the, porn, the, he, the new... No, um, yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard of him. Yeah, like, it's... They're making a thing like, oh, we're making a movie starring this porn guy. So it's like, technically, yeah, he's, like, breaking out of it, but at the same time, like, the only reason they're casting him is because right. he was like yeah unnamed. because he's known for that and i don't think that he's gonna pursue like non-porn roles like too hard after this because he's been making a ton of money off porn for so many years so like why yeah uh, if you mm-hmm. if you like it and you're making all that money he's probably making more money than like judge <laughs> judge reinhold <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> where'd that name come from because that's a working actor who as far as i know hasn't done porn oh okay <laughs> Judge Reinhold gets really desperate in his later years. And it's like, I'm looking to break into the porn business. I mean, I'd watch Judge Reinhold porn just for the curiosity factor. Mm. I don't know. But, um, you know, but what I was talking about Pirates earlier, like, I don't want to be like, everybody should go watch Pirates. It's not a great movie, but it's no Cutthroat <laughs> Island. <laughs> uh, like it's Cutthroat Island would have been better if it was a porn. Yes. Well, and if, I mean... I could have used some more female characters then. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, there really <laughs> only is Gina Davis. Yeah, and I mean, there's the, um, you know, the various prostitutes in the background of things, and um, the yeah, girl—that's gir- that's it. Yeah. The girl that um, Matthew Medine dances with, that Trotter was like, "Oh, she's homely" or whatever. Right. Um, she she's the closest thing to like another character that's female. Because she has... She has dialogue. Yeah, she has a little bit of dialogue you know, and, lines. like, an emotional arc to a degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She kind of changes from... 
<laughs> when she's introduced to when she's uh no yeah when she when we when we start she has this like bejeweled comb and when we end she's lost <laughs> she it. doesn't have it anymore <laughs> yeah that is weird it's almost like they're like oh we have this one you know female i mean but it, no, it's just the nature of like a pirate movie, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's not it's just, necessary. It's that, not that, like you know. I'm just I mean, saying if you... that's what like that's what a you know a pirate movie is gonna be like. You have a ship just full of men. Yeah, and it would be easy to turn that into porn. But I'm just saying, if for me to want to watch it, my like personal preferences, I would want there to be more women. That that's all I was saying. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> but as far as the film as it exists and now, it's non-porn state. No, I don't know because when <laughs> when Playmate of the Apes came out, there the most disappointing thing about that film not enough monkeys, not enough monkey sex. It was like what? Who does that? Who's like, hey, let's make a porn version of Planet of the Apes, but you know, like let's not have any of the apes involved in the sex scenes. Not even like um, people dressed as apes. Well, there were no real apes in the movie. It was all people dressed as apes. So they don't even get it on? Not that I recall. And, like, uh, Debbie Roshan... Yeah, Debbie Roshan was... um, I don't remember the character's name. She was, like... um, The, like, Zira Dr. Cornelius character um, in Playmate of the Apes. And... uh, you know, like, she's, like, been in a lot of movies naked, and that would be fun to see her with, like, Misty Monday and stuff, but, like, no, it's just, I think they kissed at one point. Mm. We're doing a porn cast tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Anything's better than Cutthroat <laughs> Island. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy Playmate of the Apes. Again, not a great film, but it's no Cutthroat Island. I mean that that was one thing that I was like kind of looking forward to in some way was like okay you know Gina Davis is in it like you know she's very attractive and like yeah. you know she's she's cool I, I like yeah I like a lot of like everything that I've seen with her like she's mm. she's got a cool personality and like you know but she feels past her prime in this in a way like, because after this, like, what other kind of like notable movie? Like, I think she was she... the mom in the Stuart Little films. Mm. <laughs> Which I think there's like a three-year gap. It's really in a shame. Like, you know, I, like on the Wikipedia page, it says that this movie may have contributed. Well, I mean, may most definitely contributed to her losing that sort of bankable star sort of status like after this the studios didn't consider her to be like you know an actress that could bring an audience and yeah i mean it's 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 a shame that this is you know that ever was made (laughs) it's a shame it was ever made yeah i mean this is like Oh, what had she done, like, right before this? Okay, yeah, in the early 90s, Thelma and Louise and A League of Their Own. Those were, like, yeah. defining rules for her. Totally. And then <laughs> Cutthroat Island. 
it just killed it just killed it yeah, I'm looking at her IMDb page right now. It's it killed like, her career. 19, 1995 was Cutthroat Island. 96 was the, was the Long Kiss Goodnight. Three years later, Stuart Little. She did. A, she had a TV show, The Gina Davis Show, which lasted 22 episodes. Three years later, Stuart Little 2. Three years after that, Stuart Little 3. Oh, man. <laughs> In between was an episode of Willing Grace. And then after that, you know, there's a lot of TV. Uh, apparently, last year she uh, had a TV movie, which, even though it's TV movie, two, it was in 2013. It says "Untitled Bounty Hunter Project." Now I don't know if that's the actual title of it, <laughs> probably, or not. if it was never made and it had been scheduled for 2013, so it just remains "Untitled Bounty Hunter Project." Mm. That's just like. She was she, she was so great. Yeah. Even in like, have you seen Quick Change? No. It's the only film Bill Murray directed. He co-directed it with somebody else. But it's, really? It's a really good film. It's about um, he's a guy. He dresses up as a clown to rob a bank. What what year? Ninety. Okay. And um, I don't know. It's just a it's just a really fun comedy, and then they're great in it. And they, they're Randy Quaid's in it too, and Phil Hartman has a small role. Hmm. I don't know. You should check it out. Why didn't we watch that instead of Cutthroat Island? <laughs> because I don't. I don't believe it was very successful, but it was no Cutthroat Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was during like that lull in um, Bill Murray's career. Where he, like he he did like that and Ghostbusters too around the same time. People were like, "Oh, I guess he's on the way out." Little did they know. <laughs> Um. But yeah, and then not only just like her career, but the whole Karolko Pictures. Yeah, the the, whole, the production like, company uh, who made the film. Um, apparently, they were already facing some financial difficulties before well, they made I mean, the movie. I'm on their Wikipedia page. In Cutthroat Island was '95. In 94, they did Wagons East, hmm. that John Candy Western that came out after he died. Right. And um, and then, like, two months before... Um, ch- yeah, two months before jo- um, Cutthroat Island was Showgirls, which was not a very successful film, critically or financially. No. Um, I Yeah, I read that, like... They had to file for bankruptcy even before Cutthroat Island yeah. came out, even before it was released. They they were already like in kind of dire straits. Cutthroat Island, I guess they thought was like their their last chance, their big chance to uh, to do it right. So I guess it makes sense that like they would have put all their eggs in one basket, you know, kind of just like like all right, well, you know, we're already at like we're already on the way out. Let's just like put everything we've got behind this one. It's a, a mere four years after they did Terminator 2 Judgment Day. They did Terminator wow. Which it's like, how do you lose all that? I mean, and I don't know what the deal was with different people. So, like, and Basic Instinct, Chaplin, Star... I don't know how big a hit Stargate was. It always seemed like a big hit to me because it came out when I was young. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they um, did Showgirls. 
because I was reading that um, that year the the Razzie Awards, mm. um, Rennie Harland was nominated for worst director, but lost to Paul Verhoeven for Showgirls. <laughs> go girl, go. <laughs> so you know, yeah, they were. Uh, Ninety five was not their year. The only Rennie Harland film I've seen, aside from what happened tonight um <laughs> you make it sound so dirty tim <laughs> was uh, nightmare on elm street for the dream master oh no shit which is i don't think it's the best in that series i think the best film would probably be part two freddy's revenge but the most fun come on, come on not tim <laughs> the most fun and enjoyable film of the series is probably part four in, in my opinion so I kind of was like, well, maybe Cutthroat Island will be like fun and like like the Dream Master, but no. Do, do you seem to disagree with me about Freddy's Revenge. Well, I mean, the first one is un- unquestionably the best of the series. It's second best. <laughs> I mean, I, what makes part two better than part one? I mean, I would say that, like, you know, like you say that the part four is kind of like the most fun of, yeah. the, of the series. I mean, I think part two is. Because part two, I mean, it is fun. Yeah. It's also very disturbing. Yeah. But you have a good time. Part watching. four is not really disturbing at all. Yeah. It's I probably, mean, of all of them, like, it's probably, even though, like all of them, it does involve children dying horrible deaths. <laughs> yeah, it's the, at the it, hands of a child molester. It's and... the least upsetting of them all. <laughs> in like part, in part two, you have like this, you know, this kid is like figuring out like his sexuality basically, and Freddy is just like manipulating that, and like. Mm-hmm. You got, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm like, not saying as, as that as... part two is a bad movie, which, you know, is the consensus for, for a lot of people. Because I enjoy it. I think it's yeah. a cool movie. Um, it has a lot of cool ideas that, like, for some reason, that movie focused on and none of the other movies seem to, like, kind of go for. Um, it's very imaginative, too. Just, like, in a, in a cool way. In the later, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street movies it kind of got a little too campish and cart or campy and cartoonish um where it was like you know oh look how imaginative it is and we have this like you know the comic book character death and like the video game death and like this guy transforms into a fucking motorcycle and all this kind of crazy shit but like i don't know i like the 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 creepy ideas where like the whole house is like really really hot you know, and the family is like, why is it so goddamn hot in here? Yeah. And, like, things in the kitchen are just, like, melting. And it's just, like, I don't know, it's this subtle kind of thing that makes it creepy. But it's, I don't know, it's 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 cool. I liked how it, uh, like, part two tries to, like, you know, it takes basically, like, what happened in part one. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, just a few years later. And it kind of, like plays with the rules of freddy like they haven't really been set in stone yet right and then part three comes along and they're like part two never happened and it just goes back to part not that part three sticks with rules it makes up rules of its own as mm-hmm. well as does all the other movies <laughs> but um 
they like part two just is not part of it and it, like no yeah it, it kind of functions its as own its own world. little thing yeah yeah um oh what was i oh um you need to cutthroat island why sorry <laughs> why can't we talk about nightmare on <laughs> <Elm Street? laughs> i just um i'd like to talk about matthew modine <laughs> okay yes who i've never been a huge fan of he's in some movies that i really enjoy like uh shortcuts and um full metal jacket yeah okay i forgot about full metal jacket. i'm like what's that other one <laughs> um and it's like he seems like such a stage actor which he yeah, was yeah, and is definitely in this um, is like oh man like he really feels like he just and it's it's not like saying like oh well like i mean there are two definite kinds of acting the stage acting and film acting they're very different and when a very accomplished stage actor does film they don't always come off that well and like i have enjoyed his performances and things um but you can sort of always tell that there's this that it's sort a little of removed theater and thing yeah. Going on, yeah um which i expected would work great in something like cutthroat island mm-hmm. where it's like clearly it's a big swashbuckling fantasy and everything but no it just doesn't come he, off at all <laughs> no he feels like i don't know whenever he's on screen and he's talking like it feels like he's in his own little world almost mm. um and he, i mean his character especially i mean you bring up like uh princess bride I feel like they were really trying to go for a, a Princess Bride kind of uh, role there's a, for there's him. There's even a scene where they're like crawling around in the sand covered in, or not in the sand, it's after something explodes, they're covered in like ash or something, and they look just like um, in the Princess Bride when they pull themselves out of the fire swamp, mm. the uh, the sand pit in the fire swamp. Well, and like, he, I mean, he falls and he's in a thing of quicksand in, in yeah. this movie too. And um, climbing up the side of a mountain. Yeah, the mountain just... stuff, yeah. Only Carrie... Uh, I, I never know how to say his last name. Carrie Elways? That's how I say it. Carrie Elways. Carrie Elways. The, mean, the lead actor in That might not be how to say it, but that's how I say it. I mean, he just... You instantly, like, latch on to him. And he is yeah. so likable. And so... You just want to just watch him... You want like every character in Princess Bride is so likable mm-hmm. and like they filled it with great characters. Exactly, actors. and and, <laughs> and Cutthroat Island. I don't. They spent all the money on the sets and everything. They didn't have any money left over for a cast. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is weird um, because I guess like part of the problem with the financing of the movie was. Um, the director was busy, like kind of like dealing with this whole gina davis thing and like trying to find i guess like the, oh, oh i remember what it was it was the actor to try to fill that role the matthew modine role yeah um they couldn't find who to play him and they talked they asked like so basically every uh bankable actor of the time tom cruise um michael keaton Hugh Grant, because Hugh Grant, I think, might have worked in this. Yeah, I can't remember. There was a whole list of yeah. actors that turned it down. Um, and so while he was, they were trying to get the cast in order. Meanwhile, the production was started building sets, 
and like we're doing like script revisions and stuff all without the director's input or supervision um so when they went when he went back to like to after the whole casting thing was settled and they were getting closer to shooting he showed up and was just like these sets aren't good we can't work with this and so they had to like tear down huge sets and rebuild them and uh which obviously cost you know millions of dollars or thousands if not millions um so yeah i mean it's it's weird because it's like for as much attention that they put on on the cast it just doesn't come across as like very thought out at all (laughs) it feels like just you know whoever showed up for the auditions and just like you all right yeah you you can be the the writer guy oh my god <laughs> like you know you okay yeah you can be the uh you know the useless little boy character yeah who just gets in the way and can't fight that's the thing all the characters are useless like they they're not like they, you know what it reminded me of a lot um army of darkness where like you have all these sort of like incidental characters in the uh in the kind of like in the in the court yeah i guess in that in the castle there's like the blacksmith guy with like the handlebar mustache (laughs) bald and just like you know there's just a couple little sort of characters that you know aren't really developed and whatever but in that film they're not necessary because you've got ash (laughs) you have ash exactly yeah and this film has no great center no great center um yeah, it just it so sometimes it reminded me of like it just didn't know what the heck it was trying to like do. It's odd um after Cutthroat Island and like what like what be, what happened to people after that film came out. Uh I was surprised like when I when we decided to watch this this week, I kind of like looked, went to IMDb and stuff. I didn't realize Rennie Harlan is directing the Hercules film that just came out. He's the director of that huge budget, The Legend of Hercules, like 3D film that's out in theaters right now. Yeah, that's something so, that I don't like understand. And that movie looked horrible anyway. Maybe it's great. Who knows? Maybe it's another Nightmare on Elm Street four. <laughs> like there are just certain directors, like um, like M, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. for instance who his career started just about as good as any career could start you know yeah, six cents boom everyone's like he's the next spielberg financial success nominated for best picture yeah just huge 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 everyone was just like so excited to see what his next movie was going to be and then unbreakable has a, quite a lot of fa- quite a lot of fans mm. um even to even now like the, you know i i read about people saying like how you know talking its praises saying how good it is and then signs and then was signs was you know yeah. yeah um but since then like he's made i don't know at least five or six films all of which kind of like i don't know how many of them were were bombs necessarily they all are spoken of as if they're bombs i don't yeah. know what the actual numbers are but that might just be because so many people didn't like them right right like was lady in the water the village the happening mm-hmm. the uh, Avatar, Air, Av- the, the last Airbender. Um, Did they put Avatar in the title, or was that? No, no. Else? Well, the 
the the movie is based on a cartoon show called Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay. But then right. James Cameron's Avatar right. happened, and so they're like, "Well, we can't call it Avatar because people will get confused." So they just called it The Last Airbender. But then what happened is a lot of people just thought it was a ripoff of Avatar because right. they kept yeah. seeing, "Oh, it's based on something called Avatar." Like, yeah. Um, and then this year, uh, After Earth. Ugh. Which, which apparently I make was, that noise a, was having, actually a bomb. not even seeing it, but it's just like that's like. That's the one with Will Smith, right? Yeah. Where he's like, oh, my son and I really want to make a movie together, but we don't want to deal with anybody else. It's just our movie. <laughs> make us a movie, Hollywood, please. Like, I, like we're supposed to, like, go pay money to watch, like, a guy spend time with his son. Like, spend time with their own son. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, you know, I just wonder, like, how someone who, who makes, like, just sort of bomb after bomb is able to, like, continue working. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever seen Prison? Prison. Like, 1988, I think, like, right before Nightmare on Elm Street 4. It's... I've never seen it. It often shows up on lists of, like, um, like greatest horror films ever made. Now, not near the top of the lists, <laughs> but, I mean, like, if it's a list of, like, 100, it usually shows up somewhere between, like, I've, 70 I've, and 100. I've never... I, I don't know. It's not... I, I don't know. Never heard of it. Like, I, I really know nothing about it aside from, like, seeing it in that context. And, like, I can't imagine that something the director of Cutthroat Island made would show up on all this, like, but people I mean, change. You people know, evolve. and, and shit evolve. happens, too. You know, you, yeah. you never know the full story behind, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, yes, it is ultimately the director's responsibility to, like, make a good movie and a successful movie. But there's only so much, like, one man can do you know you can't i mean if there are huge wheels are in motion you know what i mean um but sometimes script, it's just out though. of your sometimes it's just out of your power like yeah i, I mean that maybe is, yeah, i don't know if he signed on before the script was written and he just assumed oh i'm sure they'll write a good one like i i don't know and I, i'm certainly not excusing the directing yeah. of this movie because clearly like i mean there are so many things I mean, we keep coming back to just, like, the the characters and just how, like, empty they were and how uninteresting they were, how forgettable yeah. they were. Um, that's something that you can fix as a, as a director, and that's something that, like, that should be your main priority. Like, get people invested in this story. And how are you going to do that with interesting characters that you care about, that you want, at least not necessarily even care about, just, like, that you can follow <laughs> you know that you don't mind watching instead of just like uh every time anyone is speaking it just makes me want to fall asleep speaking of wanting to fall asleep i don't want to talk about cutthroat island anymore okay let's, let's talk about um another pirate movie that came out a year after cutthroat island 1996 if you wanna, if you wanna watch uh. a pirate movie from the '90s, <laughs> um, my suggestion to you would be Muppet Treasure Island. I do love Tim Curry. Yes, and uh, that is one of his films I have not seen, and it's usually shows up in like small roles, but he's the lead, the non Muppet lead in that, right? Um, well, that's at least how it was advertised. I mean, he's you know he's Long John Silver. Hmm. So I don't know exactly. I mean, he's not really the lead. I mean, the main character is the kid. 
Oh, there's a kid? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, it's the story of Treasure Island. There's the kid. Um, oh, it actually is just the story of Treasure Island, but with the Muppets? Yeah. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, kind of like the Muppets Christmas Carol is the story of Christmas Carol, just with Muppets. In this... The Muppets Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I've never seen that, and I don't really... Uh, that was a great missed opportunity. Can you imagine what the like the Jim Henson company could, or the Jim Henson creature shop right. whatever like could have done with the Wizard of Oz if they'd done it like in the eighties? Oh, I know. Oh, it would have been great. Um, I I sort of consider Muppet Treasure Island to be like the last of the good Muppet movies. Was that right before Muppets in Space or after? That was before Muppets from Space. Okay. Muppets from Space. I don't think of Pigs in Space. That's why I keep saying in. Right. Um, you know, and Tre- Muppets Treasure Island like isn't like you know, isn't the best Muppet movie by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, That'd be the Muppets Take Manhattan, in my personal opinion. Muppets Take Manhattan is really good. Yeah. Um, Muppet movie is really good too. Yeah. Well, I think the Muppet. When it involves movies that you like, <laughs> grow up with. My cat is just scratching. <laughs> okay, get out of here. Oh, the Muppets Take Manhattan is one that like I watched constantly. Yeah. And like the Great Muppet Caper and the Muppet Movie kind of like came a little later, still before I was like ten. Wh- which um, one was that? Like the Great Muppet Caper and the right, Muppet movie, right, like yeah. I didn't really see them until I was like a little older. I didn't watch them as often mm. as Muppets Take Manhattan. Now, I mean Muppets Take Manhattan, like that saying goodbye. Oh, it breaks your I heart. I cry. Every time. Like that's just horrible. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I, I might tear up now just thinking about it. I remember, um, like when, um, like one of my best friends was moving away. Yeah, and there was a chance that I I would never see her again. Um, I was like, oh man, this is reminding me of like that scene Muppets Take Manhattan and she'd never seen it before. So I went on YouTube, oh, no. like <laughs> uh, just like on her phone or something. And we're like, hol- we're holding it up and we're watching it. We were supposed to like go to gourmet cafe to like have dinner. Like we had reservations and everything. And like, we were like 10 minutes late because we were just like bawling. It was, <sighs> it was horrible. Yeah. If you want to be heartbroken and watch like, her- like, <laughs> You watch Kermit say goodbye to Fozzie, and then you watch, like, you know, the electric mayhem, like, off on their way, and everyone's just splitting up and going their own ways. It's <laughs> just, like, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's really sad. But then you get, together again! Together again! <laughs> it's been so long, I hardly even knew the place. <laughs> Which is good, you know. Yeah, it's um, got a great happy ending and stuff. <laughs> um, funny thing about the ending of that movie, um, spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen it. Um, it ends with this... <laughs> spoilers! A Muppet movie has a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like specifically, the spoiler yeah. um, in this movie is that uh, Kermit and Piggy like get married. Um, and I had the version that, that we had growing up like was taped... I think it was taped off of another tape. Yeah. Like, you know back in the 80s for all you kids who don't maybe not know (laughs) like you'd rent a movie from the video store and um if you had two vcrs you could put the tape in and put a blank tape in the other one and just uh record it and then uh 
you know, bring the tape back and you'd have a permanent copy. Um, so I'm pretty sure we did that with Muppet, uh, with uh, Muppet's Take Manhattan. Um, but the tape must have like not, it like ran out of tape at the end. So like it gets all the way to the, uh, to the, to the wedding scene, you know, somebody getting married, gets all the way into the, uh, into the, into the cathedral of the church. And they're, you know, another great scene, another great song when they're all, um, you know, the Sesame Street characters are there and like all the Muppets are in like the, the pews and they're, you know, singing that song. Um, he'll make you happy each time you see him. Yeah, it's really great. Um, but then it gets, you know, to the moment where like, um, and this is like they're putting on a stage show. Right. And so they're like in front of a of an audience. And like they get up to the to the um to the priest or the you know, the reverend or whoever, and Kermit turns to Piggy and he's like, you know, hey, what happened to uh who was supposed to be the uh It was the Fazio guy. Like, yeah, I it was thought, like either Gonzo or Fazio was Gonzo was supposed to play the priest or yeah. something. And uh it's a real man. It's like an yeah. actual person and Piggy's like, Oh, uh, you know, don't don't pay any attention to that because it's like Kermit doesn't realize that this is for real. Like they're actually getting married. Um, and so the priest is like, you know, do you miss Piggy take Kermit to be your husband? And she's like, I do. And then it's like, goes to Kermit. like, Do you take Miss Piggy to be your wife? And Kermit's like, well, I, uh, um, and it's like, kind of has like a little pause, yeah. you know, before he does his thing. Um, the tape cut off before he could answer. Oh my god! What? How long was it before you could actually watch the? Or did you at least watch the? Um... Yeah, I watched it. Like you know, um, at the time. Like, but like, was somebody else making the copy, or you made the copy? We made the copy. So, okay, so you did get to see it. Yeah, but, but like the... I did. But that was so long ago that it's right. like I don't. I I never remembered how the movie actually ended. <laughs> I remember he says I do. He's yeah. like I do, but like I don't remember like you know. Even now, thinking back on it, and I've seen and I have moved on DVD and I've watched it a couple times. Like I still don't exactly remember like what happens after that, mm. just because that wasn't just the way that it was ingrained in my mind. But yeah, I'm a bit Treasure Island is uh, is cool. I'm trying to. Th- I saw some. I went when I was at the. Um, I went to the museum of the moving image uh, on Sunday, and um, they had had like a Jim Henson exhibit like mm. a couple years ago or something. And like, um, but I hadn't been there in like six years before this past weekend, so that was you know gone, and I never got to see it. But they had something involving like Jim Henson, like one of the exhibits. I don't remember what it was though. When I was in Florida, um, the the museum i think it was the art museum of orlando mm. um they had the the jim henson exhibit i think it was like they were touring it around at different yeah. museums and it just happened that like in the in the time that i was there like they they had it so i went to that um at least twice because it was it was really cool um i wish i could remember exactly what it was they had yoda from uh, they had they had a wow. reconstructed Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. That's great. 
Um, they had uh, Mork's costume from Mork and Mindy. They had Cher's wig from Moonstruck. A lot of random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else we got in here? Um... It's like, what is, what, what's great is like, there's like uh, one floor where you just like walk through and it's basically like, here's a section having to do with like hair and makeup. Here's a section having to do mm-hmm. with like wardrobe. Here's like special effects and stuff. And they, um, one of the exhibits they have now is um, focusing on merchandising and there were like all these like lunch pails of like random like oh that's movie cool and tv shows and stuff and they had a lot of uh, a lot of star wars action figures on display mm. yeah that, that sounds cool. It's cool yeah it was like nine bucks and just wander around in there for hours and but i mean then again if i wanted to see star wars action figures <laughs> on display i don't have to go to a museum that is true because <laughs> <laughs> um, i've got plenty But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the museum and they're like, you know, and here is Matthew Modine's mustache from <laughs> Cutthroat Island. <laughs> and here is the tattooed scalp. Oh, yeah. The scalp this, map. <laughs> I didn't even, I forgot about that until just now. Like, she cuts off, she scalps She her scalps dad. her father, yeah. I mean, he tells her to, it's understandable why it But, has like, to they kind of gloss over like, it. That, yeah. They're actually, let's talk about that some more, I guess. Cut their um, There's some pretty pretty grotesque moments. Yeah. Decomposing bodies just and like, stuff like just that. Just kind of just thrown random. in there yeah. so randomly, like, you know. There's like a hanging, like, corpse with, like, stuff coming out of it. And yeah. There's a funeral procession where, like, but the like, corpse is like already a, rotting and yeah, everything. Yeah, it's like decaying and, face. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's like, so, it's, who is this, it's like all this for? gruesome... Sort of like you know, just just thrown in there. They don't have anything to do with anything. They're just there, and it's like, yeah, I don't know what the heck they were. Thinking. Yeah, like I don't want to sound like like an old like school marm. <laughs> like how dare they? I've tried to enjoy my pirate movie. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, God knows we've seen it, and you know, more. But there's yeah, different I mean... from when like you have a movie that was like that's what you expect to see, or like. It, it was just two clashing yeah like, it's not styles. like they were trying to say like oh all this fun pirate stuff but you know there's also all this like horrible things happening and like people are dying and stuff because the movie's like you know that. pretty a lot of people die but no one cares i mean i was gonna say the movie's pretty pg but it's not really because there's a lot of like you know i mean there's like the blatant kind of sex sort of talk and like i don't know it's just it's just weird just a weird ass movie and this is one that like this is that hands down the worst movie we've watched so far for the podcast Um, yeah if there was ever one that i would say that like you just should not watch it this would be it just don't don't i should have put this at the beginning really just don't watch cutthroat island there's no need Absolutely it's a, it's no a waste of everything to watch this. It, <laughs> it was PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Yeah, I would. I would guess. Um, yeah, even listening to this podcast, you know, you've wasted time just hearing about Cutthroat Island. I'm sorry, we've wasted and all your time. It's the dangerous thing about that is some of you might be listening to it and be like, "It can't be, be that the, bad." Exactly, because that's what I thought going into it. Like, because it has a really cool poster. You know, draw uh, painted by uh, Drew Struzan, who's the 
guy who uh the famous movie poster painter who did like all like the indiana jones and like a bunch of the star wars posters and like you know all like those great sort of painted uh realistically painted posters from like the 80s and you know all those fun ones like has one of those like it's trying to be like you know the next star wars indiana jones the pirate one you know that you've been waiting for the pirate movie you've been waiting for cutthroat island it's none of that don't fall for it don't be suckered in because i mean it's one thing to be a bad movie and still be like you know oh it's so bad it's good you know and there are plenty of movies like that but this has no entertainment value yeah it's not fun at all i mean we laughed a couple times just because because it was they were what the fuck laughs like like where did that come from yeah or like where like what oh Okay, remember (laughs) when they were getting ready for the battle, Mm -hmm. and there was a moment where, like, we both seemed excited. We were like, oh, that's the most exciting thing in the movie. Oh, yeah, and and we we joked that that's the only time we're going to see it. At one point, they're like, it shows them, like, loading cannons and guns and stuff, and it looks like there's this thing. What is it? It's it's like a handgun almost? It shows, like, like, there's just this throwaway insert shot of this guy, like, loading muskets, you know, ball muskets and stuff. And then they show like a handgun that's like the silver handgun. Like, not that a handgun, has, but like, like a gun hand, because it's got fingers. It's basically. got like, like it's got like um, you hold the handle, and instead of there just being one barrel sticking out, it's like there are like four or five yeah. barrels, and each barrel has like it's double barreled vertically. So you have essentially like eight holes that bullets can fire out of. But they just kind of, like, show it to you, and he's, like, kind of loading it or, like, polishing it or something, and then you never see it. Yeah, because, like, I joked, like, oh, that's the coolest thing in the movie. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it never, like, pays off or you never see it again? And And that's what happened, and we totally forgot about it until just now. (sighs) Man, oh, man. Why wouldn't they just... Just because that one second, was just like, some guy like aiming actually it. shooting at that thing. You yeah, know? just like that was the coolest thing in the movie. And instead, like you know, um, there's that weird sort of throwaway, again throwaway shot where like Gina Davis faces off against her bad uncle dog, um, dog, dog, <laughs> um, and she takes out her like little uh, dagger and then flips a switch and like the two daggers pop out of the sides so it's like one of those try trident yeah trident things it's kind of like snaps open like a switchblade but like she never uses it to stab anything or she doesn't throw it or do anything it's just like it has these and then there's like the guy that has like the um his hand is cut off but instead of having like a hook for a hand he has like a chain attached to it that Mm. he can like whip so there's like this kind of weird like you know i don't want to say like it's not like steampunk, but it's kind of like this fantasy sort of like, you know, old timey fantasy weaponry or something. Yeah. But it's not like the whole movie is built around that idea. Like the movie has no style. Yeah. No style of its own. It's just like, the best line in the movie though. She's fan. <laughs> Gina Davis is facing off uh, with Frank Langella, the final time. He's gonna he's gonna kill her. And she, you know, he's got this like you know big serrated sword. And uh, 
she's on the ground and she picks up like a flaming stick and points it at him and he says are you going to fight me with that thing and then she takes off a sheet and there's a cannon under there and she's like no with this and then she lights it <laughs> and then she says bad dog <laughs> and then the cannon blasts him out the side of the the ship and he goes soaring through the air it, yeah I just and what's what was odd about that is at that point in the film I had forgotten his name was Dog. <laughs> so I was even it's more just, just like, just what like, a random. What the fuck? But then, like, him, between the moment where he is shot and the moment where his body actually, like, lands somewhere, mm-hmm. it was long enough for, for you to, to remember. Like, oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, his name is Dog. <sighs> Everything took forever in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and the movie is over, just over two hours. Oh, God. Let's make sure that this podcast is not over two hours let's just let's just end this now all right yeah kill it we we gotta get out of here and get ready for pluto and ash oh my fucking god (laughs) i can already tell you like as bad as pluto and ash is it's no cutthroat island (laughs) oh my god when we get to john carter we're gonna think it's like the greatest film ever made (laughs) like this thing bombed how did that happen (laughs) so uh so yeah next week um We'll be watching The Adventures of Pluto Nash, starring Eddie Murphy and probably other people. All right. Thank you for <laughs> joining us for another exciting episode of Talking Movies. I'm Max. I'm Tim. And we'll see you next time.